Welcome back to We Are Utah Podcast, where we bring you weekly episodes of the best in the Beehive State. Simply put, this is where we live, and this is where you stay connected. Stay connected. Because together, we are Utah. Utah. And now your hosts, Jordan Wheeler and Braden Floyd. Yo, yo. Hi. Yeah, dude, I feel, like, uh, I feel like you get bored with things really quickly. Why? Because I was looking around like, during you, the intro? No, because you're like, hey, I want to change the name of the podcast. I'm like, no, we're leaving it We Are Utah, well, man. I think so. it's the artistic side of me because I always want to change things. And yeah. like, I feel like it needs updated, and I feel like people are like... We've been around for like four months. Let's update everything yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't know. You're just trying to make things better, I guess. No, I get it. I get it, dude. Yeah, so like how is... I saw your video. You're di- you're diving into YouTube a lot lately. I like it. So yeah. So how's it your going? guy Alfie? Yeah, Alfie's came, awesome, dude. And we filmed a twelve thousand square foot home. Yeah. And the vi- he's that's the one up in Eden, right? Or is this a second house? It's that you up filmed? by Weaver State. Okay, so you filmed the first one by yourself. Yeah, then. I filmed okay. the first one by myself, which was actually Devin's listing. Our gotcha. guest today, and I did an open house, so I filmed it, and then Alfie should be done with it. He's Thursday, pretty quick. You'll Thursday, probably have Friday. it. Yeah, he might have it tonight, so dude. He, it should he's be, quick on that stuff. It's it should awesome. be pretty cool. It had a, a an awesome heated pool, indoor pool, twelve person theater, an elevator. Uh, what a, it's it was just massive. So There's, give me give me before we jump into our show. Give me your like rundown. What is your thoughts with that? Are you hoping that since because it's an, it's not your listing as of now, right? So you're not hoping to take a listing from another agent. You're hoping to bring a buyer and be a part of the deal, yeah. right? So the whole thing is like I want to get into more higher end luxury. So the more I show on YouTube, I feel like you know when we were looking for our property in Oregon, I would search like what it, what's Coos Bay like, or so hopefully giving tours you know for out of state buyers will attract more. Yeah, because Utah's so cool, and you're trying to bring more people here? Come on now. This is supposed to be our hidden secret, they have $2 million, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right? So, bad caddy, what? Yeah, dude, I got, so we have a conditional beer license today, which just means as soon as we get the city license, we got our beer license, which is, for people that don't know me and my beer license history with social acts, it's, it's a very big deal to, basically, we were able to walk in today, and I got my license with no questions asked. When we were doing out social acts, I was on the news. I was being interrogated by the DABC, and it was a huge deal that they were going to do axe throwing and beer. I remember you being on the news. It was crazy, man. So I was, like, kind of panicking today because I'm like, I hope this is just a no-question, no-brainer. Give me the license. It's just a golf venue. And it was, dude. It was easy-peasy. So it was pretty cool. I also met he, – he's the one that named it, and I can't remember what it was. But it's, it's my competitor. There's another guy oh, opening yeah. one out in Riverton. He was there too. Yeah, the and he time. was doing the same thing. And then we got chatting, and it was actually really good to talk and just be like, "Hey, call me before you lease a building. I'll call you before I lease a building or buy a building, so that we don't end up as neighbors and put each other out of business." <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it was actually yeah. a really good open conversation, which I haven't always had that fortune with like other axe throwing places. It's usually like they just try to come right next to us, and we've had to deal with it. Yeah. So having that conversation was good today. From like you're on the south end of the valley, I'm on the north end of Salt Lake Salt Lake Valley. If we're going to go in the middle, let's call each other, right? Because he's got very similar concept to what we're doing. So, but yeah, we got beer license and it's, we're on the last little, like last of the wire where it's like a bunch of little things. It's like, make sure the point of sale system's in, make sure this stuff is correct. Make sure this, hire some people like in the yeah. last stretch. So I'm hoping 
that Bad Caddy opens Father's Day weekend. That's what it's looking real strong. Like we're going to announce that day. That's not a finalized yet, but I'm thinking that's what it'll be. So well, the videos so, yeah, you've been good. posting about it, I've been getting me excited. Dude, that's <laughs> Devin, man, uh, my GM for that oh, store really? that's worked for me for a while through Social X. I passed over the Instagram to her, and she's been on fire with wow. it. So we went up 200 followers in like three days. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but that's keep awesome. doing it. So. It's awesome, dude. Well, we so have anyways, a special yeah. guest, a repeat guest. Actually, you've never met him, but he was on when we very first started. Um, I like to call you my mentor because if I got into real estate and didn't know you, I feel like I would have been pretty lost. It's it's There's a lot to learn and like a lot of probably little and dumb questions that I asked you in the beginning, but it helped me incredibly and we're still working together and we help each other out when we need to but his name is Devin Hubbard you've been a real estate agent for five or is it six years now just over four years just over four yep. years um, his story is awesome how he got into real estate we're probably not going to cover that you can go back and listen to the other episode but he's basically a businessman is what he is he's got so many different ventures and um businesses that he's doing and he's he's great at networking with people and most everybody that i talk to knows who you are at least in the real estate (laughs) world that's a good thing (laughs) yeah yeah they all they all talk you up and so it it makes me feel good that you know you have a good reputation and then it helps me also knowing you so uh that takes a lot of work and character as a person so i appreciate you um extremely Uh, I, the, the thing that I'm probably most interested in because we did a, a training this morning with Jesse, which he couldn't make it today, but hopefully we get him again. You joined with Jesse Fisco and his wife, Ambry, yep. Ambry Fisco. You have fusion capital group, Fisco real estate. Um, so talk about that and what are the differences? And then you also have your agent side of Hubbard realty, right? Correct. So talk about each three, whatever ones You're you want to hit guy. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's not that's not it. And you just got a new puppy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. five kids isn't enough, so we added a puppy. Nice. Um, yeah, going back to the businesses, um, I, I got into real estate eight years ago, focused just on the investment side, um, collecting rentals, flipping, wholesaling, and it got to the point where my income was substantially more working real estate part-time than I was making at my full-time job. And so about four or five years ago, it just made sense financially. And that was kind of the big picture goal anyway, was to be able to do real estate full-time. And so at that point, uh, it just made sense to get my license when I was doing real estate full-time. And so, yeah, I've been doing the agent thing as well for about four to five years. You had bought a rental before you got your license, right? Correct. That's all. Do you think that that's your start into it? Um, so I would say the first thing that my wife and I did that really opened our eyes was we bought a house about a year after we were married. We bought a home that had a mother-in-law apartment in the basement. And I remember our mortgage payment was like between 1100 to 1200 bucks a month, which was high for us at the time. But we were renting out the mother-in-law apartment in the basement for eight fifty. Oh, nice! And so, so we were, were like three fifty. Yeah, we were covering just about the majority of our mortgage with 
the rent just from the basement. And so that's what opened my eyes to, like, holy smokes, this is just like... I was going to say, that was probably your light bulb moment right there, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, looking back, that's something I wish I would have done. And you were smart enough to do it. I don't think a lot of people think of that as an option or think of, you know, being able to rent another part of their house. Where did you learn that? Or you just saw the house and you're like, oh, we could rent this. Yeah, we, I would say just, it was a bigger house than we needed. It was 3,000 square feet and my wife and I had been married a year with no kids at the time. So like we only needed the upstairs and it was a little bit higher than our, than our budget really wanted to be. But once you factored in what you could get for rent, it's like, oh, that's a no brainer. If I could have this, you know, live in this neighborhood, have this kind of home and be able to start in this situation. Um, I think most people usually settle for, yeah. okay, this is what I can afford and don't think outside the box. And well, and that probably helps you in the long run too. Once you go to resell, the, the house is worth more. Right. How long were you guys at that house for? We were there about six years, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's missed opportunity by like every Utah that five years ago you didn't buy. The bigger yeah, house, well, the house with the rental, all that yeah. jazz. But nobody obviously knew what was coming. Especially, so like I had that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I had that same thought of like I want to have one with a mother-in-law rental in it or something. And I was terrified of buying a $300,000 house. And now I'm looking at like the house that I want is like 700000 And I'm like, okay, how can we make that work? Where before I'm like, we should have bought the $300,000 one five <laughs> yeah. years ago because it was massive, you yeah. know? And yeah. so but it's crazy. You, you did rent your current home to. Yeah, we Jay. did it. We rented it. Up the upstairs, yeah, and shared kitchen, right? And yeah. that and that was like the same thing. We did six hundred dollars a month, and I'm like, this doesn't have a kitchen in it. We're doing six hundred, like that's a light bulb. Right. But I mean, that was they moved out, and then it was the whole mess of the houses were getting more expensive. My wife didn't really like the renting and having someone living in the same house as us. Yeah, so yeah. it needed to be a full blown, a separate mother in law apartment or a full blown rental all on its own. So like my current house, like I'll probably rent that house when the day comes and we buy the new one. But yeah. right now, it's just going to stay for rent. Or it's just going to stay with the one we live Looking in. Looking back, I wish I would have held on to all of my houses. But yeah. Yeah. Same here. That's easy yeah. to say. Yeah, we yeah. can talk about that for hours, right? <laughs> yep. So, so what, what are you trying to do now? Because I know partnering with Jesse, you, you're getting into wholesaling. When I first, or maybe last year, but when I first met you, well, let's not go that far back. <laughs> let's just say like last year, you weren't really focusing on wholesaling, were you? Um, it was always there, but it wasn't necessarily my main focus. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had Hubbard Realty Group since I became an agent four or five years ago. Um, Jesse's been an agent about the same length of time. So he's got his Fisco real estate with him and his wife, Ambry. And then, um, so we keep those separate. He's down in Utah County. I'm up here in Weber County. So the majority of my agent stuff is uh, specifically, I'd say 70, 80% Weber Davis County areas. Um, and most of his stuff is kind of Salt Lake, Utah County stuff. But yeah, we joined forces about eight, nine months ago and created Fusion Capital Group. And yeah, we focus on um, wholesaling, flipping, and we've got one rental property that we actually turned around and flipped it and did seller financing on. So we cool. were able to, we basically closed on it and then immediately turned around and blasted it out to people that maybe don't qualify for a traditional loan 
and they paid us about, if I remember the numbers right, it's been a while. It's, I think they paid us about 60,000 more than what we bought it for. And we're cash flowing, I think 400 bucks a month from what our payment is to what they're paying us every month. So when you do that to with, with somebody that can't afford one through traditional lending, what's the interest rates like? Are they, they've got to be higher than yeah, you can, a traditional loan. Like, I think legally you can charge up to 9%. I've been told you could probably do more than that. And, and Even I don't know if it's how seller they, financing, there's guidelines on you interest could, rate? That's a good question. You know? I've never, like, you, usually it's got to be reasonable. Yeah. Like, and usually people that are buying these have the finances. They just... Like, usually when you're self-employed, you just write so much off. Like, you have so much income, but you can just write off everything that you can possibly can. And so sometimes it's a double-edged sword where then, you know, you go to do a loan. You go to get a loan, and it shows that you make, like, no money. Even though you make a a pretty good living, Yeah, your taxes show that you're pretty poor. Hey, I want to jump in real quick. Yeah. What is wholesaling? Like for, like, for the you'll housing. explain it better yeah. than me. Yeah, I don't know if I yeah, so the non real estate guy. <laughs> right. So wholesaling is um, basically you're getting a property under contract for a discount mm-hmm. and you're able to flip that contract or sell that contract to a flipper or to an end buyer for a profit. Oh, without okay. sometimes you close on it, sometimes you don't. Um, sometimes you do what you you'd consider a double closing. So we'll go in, we'll come up with the funds. And we've already got another buyer lined up, so we might buy it for we'll just say three hundred. We've got somebody else that's already committed to buy it for three fifty. We'll go in and close on it for three hundred, and then same day or next day close it and turn around and sell it to somebody else for a profit. So, how do you even go about finding that kind of a home and that deal? Like, what's your? Is that knocking on doors or what is that? Yeah, so right? there's there's so many different opportunities out there um, that kind of meets that criteria. Landlords that aren't getting paid or their tenants are doing meth or they're just done being a landlord and so they just, they're in a position where they want to wash their hands of it or somebody's going through a divorce or somebody just got a new job out of state or... And it's guys, just like, yeah. so essentially you're, you're trying to pick up a quick sell. Like it's yeah, the people that like don't want to hire a real estate sellers. agent. They don't want to deal with any of that. They just want yep. it gone. Yep. Okay. Okay. And often the properties are quite messy, right? So do people know <laughs> to reach out to you for this or is this literally just luck of the draw you find these folks? So both. I would say a lot of it, like Jordan mentioned earlier, I love to network. I'm mm-hmm. definitely a people person and I love to learn. And so I'm constantly between social media and just meetings meeting other agents and other agents typically know what I do. And so they'll say, Hey, like I've, I've got this deal. Can you help me with it? Or, Hey, I've got, so they'll find property. So you're saying like, for example, Jordan finds somebody that needs it gone tomorrow Mm -hmm. and he doesn't, the guy doesn't want to, he wants Jordan to take care of it, but he doesn't want to wait. Right. So then Jordan calls you and says, Hey, I got this guy that wants it gone tomorrow. You want to close this deal? And you come in and say yes or no. Yep. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yep. So that's and where we're all about convenience too. So we'll tell them, hey, you don't need to, like, you can take what you want, leave behind what you don't want. We'll deal with it. We'll really? buy it as is. So basically, it's, ba- it's basically just trying to get the easiest and simplest, most convenient way for them because there's so much emotion attached to homes by owners mm-hmm. that you're just trying to make it as 
least stressful as possible. Yeah, nice. like if somebody okay. passes away and they don't want to have to go through all their yeah, stuff. Yeah, the kids and, inherit yeah, a family. house or, you know, or mom and dad are moving into assisted living and they haven't touched it since 1950 when it was built. Like, we get a lot of that with the shag carpet, the orange curtains, Dang. like all original vintage and those are those are cool but uh yeah you get all different sorts of opportunities and deals out there and and uh yeah it's about just creating a win-win and so you've got to think outside the box when working with these people i was gonna say are you generally seeing lower pricing on for you to do it or are people still asking the crazy price yeah sometimes well that's the beautiful thing is being an agent too is you can go in and and you can get to know the person and their situation, and you can say, okay, here's, here's your options. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if you want full retail and you're willing to pay commissions, you're, you know, somebody's going to do an appraisal or an inspection and all the, uh, jump all through the hoops, and it ho- will hopefully close in a few weeks or even a month or two, like, this is your option. We can go this route if you're looking to get top dollar, or if you're looking to be done with it tomorrow then, you know, here's this option. So basically you're just laying out all of these different options for the seller and letting them choose what's best for their situation. Okay. Are you doing, so then I imagine you seem like you're a really smart guy. I don't know. Do you have some kind of a formula for this process? Like when you, someone calls you for this, is it like, do you have a percentage formula? They're like, yeah, I'll offer them 20% under. Is that like your standard? Like if I take this deal, it's coming in this percentage underneath, or is it a case by case basis on the pricing? Yeah, it totally depends. Location, the condition of the home. Sometimes it's so it's more case know, by yeah, case. Yeah, you type can thing. just clean it up and yeah. maybe relist it like without hardly doing anything. And I've done that in the past too, where somebody's just like, "I'm done. I don't care. Like, I know there's profit to be had. I'm totally cool with you making that profit." And that way, everybody's on the same page, and they're not feeling like they that got ripped off. That has to baffle you, right? Like that would <laughs> baffle. Like you're okay. I'll take my profit. Like I just that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you're able to do that. But. Well, and people, the funny thing is people it's, usually it's, think, oh, you're taking advantage of people that, that are in a rough situation. And I'm not by any means trying to say right. that. I'm just saying, like, it's crazy that there is people out there that are just like, just get yeah. rid of it. I don't even want to deal with it. Like, there could be a hundred grand in there and I don't want it. Yeah. Like, just get rid of it. Like, yeah. That's crazy well, to and me. That's, and the funny thing is, yeah, to that point, it's usually the people that are in a pretty decent financial situation where mm-hmm. maybe they own the house free and clear. This is, you know, this is this exact situation I had a couple years ago. The guy owned the house free and clear for 15 years. He knew what it was worth fixed up. He knew what needed to go into it, and he just said, "Give me 200,000, and I will be tickled pink." I'm, I'm an older guy, you know. I'm up here where it's getting cold in October. I'm a snowbird. I want to be down in St. George like yesterday. Yeah. So just if we can come to these terms and you can close by then, like deal and that's like, crazy that's crazy sweet. that it's the people that you're saying that are usually more well off where you find those deals that's crazy to me, yeah so. you'll find all types that's awesome and or you can do like the seller financing route where again they maybe they own the property free and clear and you can say hey you know maybe the cash offer looks like this the retail offer looks like this or if you want me to pay you and you become the bank like i can even give you more because yeah. sometimes when you you've got to do a cash offer to somebody you're borrowing that cash from a hard money lender or a private lender yeah. at maybe a higher rate. And so you can say, hey, I'll actually pay you more. If you're willing to work with me for the next three to six months or whatever terms work for you, we can actually make more and I'll pay you this amount more than the cash offer if you want to become the bank for the next three, six, 12 months, whatever long. Hmm. That's awesome, man. So I want to cool. switch to interest rates right now because they're going up. And this morning, Jesse really broke down, you know, 
the interest rates and where he thinks it's going. You you hear all this stuff that's happening and different opinions all over. And I've kind of felt the pinch as an agent because I've had a few clients where they like have been priced out because their payments are two, $300 more a month. So I don't want to, I think that you can re-explain what Jesse explained just because you probably talked to him more, but you guys have an interesting perspective and he kept saying, I'm, I'm looking through a different lens than everyone else. What do you guys think is happening with interest rates? Because he brought the Democrats into it, and the way that he explained it was so, uh, we're, we're partying. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, we're at Social X, <laughs> turning the music on. And I've got yeah. my Mountain Dew, so, so if you things, hear are, it, things are it, good. There you go. It was explained so well, and you could tell he really did his research and studied on this to formulate his own opinion. And I'm not expecting you to like regurgitate what he thinks, but I think that you have a pretty good idea on on what he's thinking. What? Yeah. Can you explain that to the listeners? Sure. Because we've there's a lot of buyers and sellers that like, and and even agents that are nervous on what's happening right now with interest rates because the prices are still high. And now the interest rates are high or going higher. And so, yeah, talk about that. Yeah. So I'll give you my take and I'll throw in a little bit of what Jesse shared with us this morning. I think a lot of it is just a knee-jerk reaction. We've been so spoiled with such low rates for so long that it's like, are you freaking kidding me? 5%? Like, -hmm. if you were to go back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s, rates were in the teens or even in the 20s. And so, again, you were paying, like... 40, 50, 60 grand for a house and not six, seven, eight hundred thousand. But if you look at rates like big picture, like they're still incredibly low. Mm-hmm. Um, inventory is picked up, which has helped, but we've just been in this like cyclone of madness for like the last two or three years where inventory was so low that everyone's bidding on the same house but it's starting to cool off. And again, I think most of it's just everybody's knee-jerk reaction where I think it'll chill out. Yeah. Inventory's picking up. There's more opportunity. Again, some people that may have been qualified before might be in a place where they're outpriced or they might just need to find something more affordable. I almost feel like it's locals more because in Utah, prices have been low for so long. Like, I've got a guy from Vegas that just, like, doesn't even blink an eye. You know, he's like, these prices here are crazy. If you wanted to get this in Vegas... It'd be this, this, oh, and yeah. this. And to, to hit on the shortage, we had, what, for the last year, like 3,000 houses in this entire state of Utah. Now we're at 5,000. And Jesse explained it. To have a regular balanced market, we need to be at like eight or 9,000 houses. Yeah. For a, a, what they consider a healthy, normal market, it's usually seven to 9,000 of inventory. And that's about a six-month supply of inventory. Okay. And so, yeah, there were times last year where we were between fifteen to eighteen hundred homes. Yeesh. And so, yeah, that no <laughs> wonder like rates were incredibly low, and you have like nothing to choose from. So the second a property hit the market, it's, it's like everybody. a frenzy. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's. I think again, everybody wants to complain, and again, like that's. Uh, I think the media will push a lot of fear and stuff out there. Not trying to get too political, but. I think you control your own economy by your mindset, and 
and your thoughts and what you focus on. And so anyway, just having like that abundance mentality is a game changer and realizing, okay, like the market's just like, it can't stay like how it's been yeah, forever. It was, yeah. It's, so, it's got to even out a little bit. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, uh, you're good. So do you think then with all this talk, are you guys thinking that the housing prices will probably stay the same, but you might have more competitiveness as an average buyer to get the home you want? Am I on track at all or no? Because you're saying there's more now becoming available and the eight to 8,000 is what we want to be around in the market. But you're saying we're now up to 5,000 homes available. So the price is probably going to stay the same due to the interest and just the world we live in. But now it might not be such a frenzy to buy those homes. Yeah. It might actually have 20 some or 30 offers. Like, for example, um, I helped put in an offer for some clients of mine last week. There's five offers for a home listed at six sixty-five. We're under contract for six eighty-five. The first we were actually the third of five offers. The first one fell through, and then so they came back to us and the other offer, and we were able to come back in strong enough to get a backup position. And so now we are the ones under contract. But yeah, do you mind sharing of, the number that you landed on contract with? Yeah, we're under six eighty-five, okay, so we're so twenty thousand. Okay. So we're twenty thousand over asking, asking price still. But it's not crazy. Like I've, I feel like I've been hearing fifty thousand, seventy thousand over, hundred thousand. I think over. that personally, so, this is my opinion. I think they'll still continue to climb, but you're not going to have these crazy offers where to get the house you have to like have hard earnest money, yeah. or waive all contingencies and not do an inspection. So I think it's starting to favor the buyers more just because they can actually this is jesse's words too like take a look at the property yeah and, and that's let what it i was trying to say in. like you can actually get into it now and, and not have such a feeding frenzy on it but the other side of the sword is you're still expecting to spend a lot of money like the housing yeah. prices aren't going to dive but you actually might be able to look at the damn thing yeah. before you buy well, it well and personally yeah. as an agent i kind of like it that way because there were times where it's like hey you got to jump on this and you weren't trying to be pushy but it you're trying to educate your client, like, look, it's going to be gone if you wait till Monday. Yeah. Right. And so some people just weren't ready to pull the trigger unless you absolutely love it. But e even then, you know, I, I always tell clients, like, you're going to find something wrong with the home once you get into it. It's just there's there's going to be something you probably don't like or something that didn't, you know, we didn't catch or didn't see. Um, so it. I, I like that people have the opportunity to kind of look at multiple properties, go back to the property a second time if they want to, and like really talk about it and think about it because it's a huge, yeah. huge purchase. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean, like me, I'm not in the I'm not in the real estate world, but like looking at houses, I can complain about all of it. The price is crazy. <laughs> I can't even look at it. But that was probably like honestly, I I think. I don't know, just being friends with you and learning a little bit more. And I got a couple other buddies of real estate agents that are just saying Utah is just kind of catching up to the rest of the world. So I'm, I've come to the acceptance that the high price is there. But then not being able to see it before I can buy it, I, I'll never get around that. Yeah. I'll never, I don't know if I'll, I don't know. Me personally, I don't know if that'll ever wrap yeah. around my head where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense yeah. to drop almost a million dollars on a home and not look at it. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand that. Yeah. And so speaking from experience on that one, my wife and I decided to list our home last spring. And we thought we were crazy for listing it at 795. We had bought it four years earlier for 432. 
and my wife convinced that is so me. Crazy. That is my <laughs> wife convinced me to list it for seven ninety five. You thought it was crazy because you thought it was too high. I thought it was too high. Yeah, and so. We this was uh, spring break Easter weekend. We went out of town because we've got five kids, and so my wife's like, "If we're gonna list our house, we're we're heading out, so we're not having right. to keep this sucker clean all weekend." Which I totally get. Yeah, and uh, so we left out of town, listed it for seven ninety five, and we get this offer randomly. That was on a f- Thursday or Friday. We listed it, and Sunday, a couple days later, we got this random offer for nine ten. And no, no contingencies. And I, they just wanted nine ten. I was like, it wasn't an escalation clause up to nine ten. It was just flat. Was we'll offer. pay you nine ten. <laughs> and I Can thought, you holy that? that's freaking awesome! Crap, that's freaking insane. And uh, <laughs> and so I called the agent because again, I was the listing agent for my own home at the time. So I called the buying agent and I said, "Is this for real?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "What the heck?" And he said, "So this guy's from out of t- or from out of state." He's lost so many offers on bidding wars before I, I told him if you're gonna have if you're gonna get something you're gonna have to throw out some ridiculous offer and he said you were the first one. <laughs> That's freaking We awesome. had no other offers. That was the only offer we got that weekend on our house. And we ended up after, you know, inspection and stuff like that, we ended up settling for eight seventy five, but I was like, yeah. I was freaking thrilled, you know. That's literally you literally doubled, doubled in yeah. four years. That's crazy. Yeah. And so again, I don't I don't tell that story to like, like, I don't boast. Know, no, I boast, get it. Just, get, it, just, it just like explains. that's the stuff that's going out or there right now, and it, it's still happening. Like people are listing homes at like one point two, and they're and they're selling for one point five. Yeah, that's nuts. Just because there's so much money in the market right now, and I think it's slowing down a little bit again yeah. with the extra inventory and rates and stuff. Um, but yeah, I I think I think. Uh, We'll maybe see rates go up, but if they go up too much, I think again it will it will freak people out too much where they might have to bring them back down just to tame things because I don't I don't think they want to see a housing well, recession. Well, Jesse, Jesse mentioned yeah. <clears throat> that today, and I I don't want to bring politics in, but he he mentioned how you know we're we're heading for a recession in quarter three. You probably will explain this better too because it's the first time I heard it. That if we midterms and things, yeah, if we keep going at the rate we are, we'll hit a recession, and the Democrats don't want that. So his theory is they'll probably lower the interest rates before that happens. Do you think that'll happen too? We'll see. That's that's a good question. They've they've talked about them r- being raised more before the end of the year. Yeah, he said seven percent. That's the highest that I've yeah. heard. I've and heard so I like could six. see them. Maybe they test it out and see, you know, how how the uh, crowd reacts to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they might try and test it to go higher, and and if it turns into a crapshoot, then maybe they try and bump them back down. But I think you know rates, even if it's five and six percent, it's it's still healthy, like overall. But. Um, you can't have prices going up and interest rates going up for too long. So something's, something's got to give. But I guess here's another factor. I've got a friend of mine that's a lender, and he's talking about them potentially uh, implementing a 40-year mortgage instead of a 30-year Ooh, mortgage for yeah. people, which, you know, that's, to each course. their own. Yeah. And what, yeah, what I don't know what that looks like um, for the economy, but that's a way to make housing more affordable is, yeah. you know, throw another 10 years on the back end. Yeah. 
Um, well, if it's like your house, the interest rate will be, or like your truck, your interest rate will be higher. You push the truck loan out right, farther, yeah. the interest rate goes up. Right. So it'll probably be the same thing. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I know there's actually one out there, uh, a buddy of mine that that's the lender that told me about it. He's got a loan out there where you can do a 40-year mortgage. The first 10 years are interest only. Mm-hmm. And then whatever your balance is after the first 10 years, it just rolls into a 30-year amortized uh, fixed rate at that same interest rate, if I remember right. Hmm. Don't quote me on that, but that's from the numbers that we discussed. That's what I remember. So there's options out there like that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I, I heard like the the new thing too is interest only loans while the interest rates are high or arms, which I'm not as familiar with. But um, I want to kind of turn the podcast to you're in so many different things other than real estate. What are you most excited about right now? that's not non real estate related. Cause yeah. I, I like doing other things like this podcast just to give yourself a break. Cause you can get burnt out. Yeah. It's good to have just, variety. Yeah. Always yeah. just thinking about real estate and marketing and whatnot. So what, what are you most excited about right now? Yeah. Um, so Jesse and I just partnered with a, a buddy of ours that does car wraps and tint and detailing and, um, almost, you know, a lot in the auto industry as far as, uh, um, yeah, the wrapping business goes. And so we're excited about that. That's a new, that's a new gig that's just been in the last month or two. Um, but Jesse and I've had another business in the works that should be launching here soon that we're actually partnering with a trucking company. Okay. And so it'll be partnering with, uh, brokers and independent, uh, owner operator truck drivers. And so we'll be lining up uh, owner-operator truck drivers with the brokers and getting them their loads that they need. And then we just, we're kind of the middleman and take a little bit huh. of the, a cut down the middle. That's probably pretty smart because as I look at it, like I've been looking at becoming an Amazon affiliate because I just think that's the way people shop now, right? And everything's being shipped and it's easier to have it shipped to your door instead of go out. And then even returns with Amazon are so easy. You just take it to UPS. They scan a label. It's like you don't have to wait in the customer service line and ask, have them say, what's wrong with it? So is that was that your idea of getting into the trunking, trucking company or something else? Uh, so Jesse and I sp- have both had a big goal for cash flow. And so with this trucking gig, it's it's been a cool way. Again, we're still in the beginning stages but here in the next few months it should generate some pretty solid cash flow and so um yeah it's trucking is probably one of the biggest backbones of our country and like most countries and so you know those amazon packages or ups or fedex or whatever it is like it's all like our food is getting shipped from one location (laughs) to another so um yeah I would say trucking should hopefully be, unless, like, Armageddon comes and the zombie apocalypse, like, I would hope that it's pretty solid for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But So we probably should have asked this before. I'm curious, how did you meet Jesse? Did you know him before? And, like, how did you guys start collaborating and, and making all this stuff happen? Yeah, so Jesse and I had been Facebook friends. And we didn't really know each other outside of social media. We were both agents, and he knew that I was an investor. So he reached out to me once about an off-market property. And then 
Uh, funny enough, he was the listing agent on a home down in his, uh, in his neighborhood, and I was the buying agent, and we closed a deal together about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, and it was just a super smooth... You fell in love. <laughs> uh, that was, that's where it all started, I guess, but uh, yeah, it was just a super easy, smooth tra- uh, transaction, and a few months later, he actually called me out of the blue... And he's like, hey, this sounds really weird, but I feel like we should discuss, like, have this discussion about, you know, possibly working together. And he's like, I have no idea how this looks or, you know, um, how, we, how we arrange that, but let's just chat and see what makes sense. And, you know, within a month or two, we were same brokerage and now, you know, partners on all sorts of businesses together. Yeah, I remember so- you telling me, like, hey, I might be partnering and we can, you know, do trainings and all this. And I was like, yeah. So w- at the time, were, were you looking at building a team or joining or it, it just kind of him reaching out to you, it, it all fell together? Yeah, um, it was him. He was at another brokerage where he had had a handful of agents on his team. And, and uh, yeah, he switched over to the brokerage that we're with and it just made sense. And so... Um, yeah, he's, he's busy. He does, he kills it on the agent side and, uh, stays busy and, and, uh, yeah, we've just kind of molded it into all sorts of different aspects of real estate and we've got partnerships with title and, and mortgage and things like that too. So there's, yeah, we're just kind of all things real estate. Hopefully that's me and you one day, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I wanted to ask, so you're on, so you guys invest together. True. As well, right? Yep. What does that look like when you say that you're an investor? Um, are you are you guys working together and putting in your own cash to invest in things? Or are you representing a bigger portion of money for some from someone else to, to invest? Uh, and then how does that look how does that look when you when you find deals, right? So yeah, what I'm asking is, is it you that's coming up with the cash to invest into things and be and yeah. be an investor like with your buddy's tinting thing. Yep. So um I would say D all of the above. Okay. Um we've done some of our own stuff. Um, you know, we've invested in some startup franchises and uh like in the food and beverage industry. And then basically everything that we've done with Fusion has just gone back into Fusion. So all the off-market properties, wholesales, flips, and that, we've all dumped back into Fusion. And then as we've started um, the trucking stuff, we've, you know, we've leveraged some of those funds from Fusion to start these other businesses gotcha. as well. So when you say food and beverage, do you, are you still invested in that? Yeah. Can yep. you say what name of company you're invested in? Yeah. So we, you'll, you might be familiar with a few of these. There's Dirty Bird. Um, There's one. I just saw one of those opening near us. Dirty Bird. There's one going to Clearfield. There's one in Ogden. Yeah. There's one. Yeah, there's one right here. Dude. Here in downtown Ogden. I that was right the first next to Wimpy one. and Fritz. Yep. Like literally connected to Wimpy and that Fritz. That was the first one that opened. Was the one in Ogden. So and you then, invested into that brand. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then. All right, now i got to pick your brain. Um, <laughs> there's, so, there's a few. That's one of a few. There's that's like a few? Hello Sugar, Coconut Island Grill. Oh, Coconut and, Island. I've seen yeah. one of my buddies. So are that's you, freaking are delicious. Are you a part of that Wags, Wags Capital? Is so I'm a is? silent investor with them. Okay, yeah. awesome. So, yeah, they reached out. They were looking for investors, and we, we partnered with them on some of these. So can you explain 
Hopefully you can. What does that look like? What is that when you go and invest in a bigger investment company and they go buy a portion? Because I've heard of this before where it's a group of 20 folks. Uh-huh. How do you even think you're going to make money on that? Right? Can yeah. you give me any insight on that? If, if it's if such you a go... big investment group uh-huh. and they bring you on as a silent, so they're pulling money, right? And then they're going to go buy a bunch of dirty birds, put them all over the place. What does that look like for you mm-hmm. when, they, when you invest? Yeah, so that you can structure it however you want, but the way that we've done ours, um, are you familiar with, like, Crumble? Yes. You should, like, if you were a part of Crumble back in the day... Did you get in on that one? I, I missed out. You missed it? <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> That's why I'm in on this one. Nice. Um, so, yeah, basically, you know, with this investment, there's about 30 stores that they're looking to open between all of the different ones, all over Idaho, Utah, Arizona, and Vegas, and... They're still in the beginning stages of still opening up stores, so you're not going to get a return till those stores are up and running and actually producing. Um, so it's I know they've got a bigger long-term picture play on it, but there should be, once they're kind of up and rolling and producing, there should be quarterly disbursements, and then their end goal is to buy, is to sell it, and then we would get a percentage of whatever that ownership that we bought into on the front end would be a portion of the profits that we get on the back end as well. Okay, so then playing on that, what kind of, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but like, what does that look like? What kind of control does that leave for that brand? So say Dirty Bird, mm-hmm. right, is who you are part of that silent investment package with. That brand itself just got this big endorsement of money, right, from you guys. What kind of control do they still have to control the brand and whatnot? Or, is, or do they have the full control? Yeah, we're they all just have your money. silent partners. So they're the ones calling the shots and controlling everything. We're okay. just along for so the So they ride. get to keep their brand how they want to keep it. Yep. As long as it's obviously successful, because if it's yeah. not, you probably have a different conversation. Yeah. Right? Which I'm sure it will be. Okay, that's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. Um, and what they do is they specifically look at these ma and pa, like the yeah. Coconut Island Grill. That was. Not to be rude, but it was a little hole in the wall in Bountiful, and the, but any time the doors were open, there was a line like out the doors, yeah. and so what they would do is they would specifically come in and say, "Hey, we want to partner with you. We've got the infrastructure, we've got the systems in place to take you, you know, as big as you want to take it. So we'll we'll partner with you." And we'll grow this together as long as you, you know, we keep you on board to make sure it's a partnership type thing and we work together on this. Okay. And so that's that's specifically what they're doing is they're partnering with very specific people that have the reputation. They just maybe have limitations on how big they've been able to grow it themselves. So you're probably seeing that kind of an operation behind a lot of these large franchises, right? Because I feel like... It takes a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, you just see the brands come everywhere, right? They go all over the place. Yeah. It's like Mobetas oh, everywhere yeah. now, yeah. right? And then you see, what's the chicken one? Canes. Canes. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Would you think that they're probably all kind of similar to this setup? Yeah. Because yeah. they've they, got just some big silent the investment reputation, group. Yeah, and quality. Like, they're all about serving something better than your probably your traditional fast food place. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I'm trying to wrap my head around, because you just got so much going on. I still got more on that subject if you're going to jump in. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, I got, yeah. 
All right, I'll now here's the next, the next one before you jump in. Go ahead. Who do I talk to about my brands getting a part of this organization? <laughs> right? I've no, got, let's, let's, let's chat Let's chat later. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I know, I know a guy. Yeah. I know a couple guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that's well, because I just barely jumped into franchising with Social Acts, right? Okay. And so we got our first, our first location down in Arizona, and they're on nice. fire. They're, they're killing it. And now I look at it, and I'm like, how? I can relay that message through my own social media, through my own circles, right? But then I look at these other brands, and I'm like, dude, they're blowing up. Mm-hmm. Now they're food and beverage strictly, so it's definitely a different market than yeah. me, right? But just to see these brands grow, and I've always wondered how. And so the little bit of knowledge that I've given you today is me researching what I can. Yeah. When I see somebody tag something, and I see WAG's capital tagged, and I'm like, okay, do I need to go knock on their door? Yeah. Or how does this work? You yeah. know, so... Anyways. Cool. Yeah, I've got some direct connections there. Cool. So we'll, cool. we'll chat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So go ahead, George. Switch the subject. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I always, I comment on your social media stuff. Like, how do you guys do it, you and your wife? Because it's like five kids alone to me blows my mind. And I've got two. And my wife wants another one. And sometimes I just, like, can't wrap my head around it. Um, but then you've got real estate, the capital group, the trucking, the vinyl. I mean, it's like, it's overwhelming just. Yeah, where's your mindset all... at every day? How are you keeping yourself focused on, it's on everything, circus. right? It's yeah, circus, that. But but, and then you just got a puppy, too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, we got a puppy. He's got but five kids for the puppy. How, yeah. like, <laughs> you have a skill that I think a lot of people don't have of organizing. Maybe it's organizing. Maybe it's something totally different. I would imagine it takes a ton of organization. But how do you... I would get so sidetracked, like, on different things. How do you stay focused and just manage all of that? And is it... Is it do you have a lot of help and hiring people? Or, it, like, explain that. Talk about it. Because it, it seriously blows my mind yeah. how you do it. Well, I would say, first off, leverage leverage as much as you can um with the agent stuff i have a full-time well not a full-time but it's a transaction coordinator so i have basically an assistant that helps me do all of my paperwork she helps line stuff up logistically with the the deadlines and all that i use her and that saves my life it's a game changer (laughs) it's worth every penny yeah um but yeah it's funny you say that because i'm actually looking to hire a part-time admin person right now um for my stuff um because yeah, it's there's a lot going on, and uh, but m- most of the stuff I want to invest in, if it's outside of real estate where I can control it, I want to be able to invest funds, and then just basically like have something turnkey. Like the trucking is pretty turnkey. Yeah. The food and beverage was basically here's the numbers. The relationship was already there with the individual. I knew and trusted that person. Here's the funds, like knowing, okay, this is, you know, if I never see that money again, so be it. Like we're taking that risk and that's part of investing, um, but trying to mitigate that as much as possible. And so I would say just being able to find those turnkey opportunities where you don't necessarily have to spend so much time and effort and energy, you know, that's, I can save that for my, my real estate and my family and all the that comes Do you with. feel like it's easier to pull the trigger on this stuff from experience? Does I'm sure a lot of it plays into relationships and who you know, but I just imagine a lot of people having opportunities presented to them and it being a good opportunity and then just not recognizing it because of fear or emotions or whatever. What? How do you overcome that? Or 
Yeah, talk about it because it's like I could see the same opportunity be presenting to me and either I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough confidence. Like, where? how have you got to that point? Yeah. Um, I would say being open-minded, you know, going back to the mindset is huge, having that abundance mindset. But one of the greatest things I learned early on in investing in real estate is leveraging other people's money. So so many people, there's so much money out there and whether it's in the medical field or other entrepreneurs, they're, they're fully focused on what they're doing and they're good at making money, but they don't always know how to get good returns or where to put their money. Like so many people are scared of the stock market or crypto's been a roller coaster lately. And then so if you can show them, hey, here's this vehicle that you can invest your money in, the relationship is there, let's work on, like, let's do this together. You know, I've got the opportunity, you've got the funds, let's find a win-win for both of us to make this work. And then that way, again, just like what I've done with the food and beverage and with the trucking stuff, I'll invest my funds into it, but then I'm pretty hands-off. Yeah. Once I know everything's set up the way that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. So, that makes sense? Yeah. yeah. So, because in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he talks about other people's money a lot. And when you read the book, it's like, oh, that's a great idea. But then it's like, how do you do it? And, and like, do you have an example? I mean, I guess the trucking company, but it's like, do, do you truly believe in passive income where it's like, okay, I invest in that and it's totally hands off? Like, do you. Because there's other people like Gary Vee. He's like, there's no such thing as passive income. Like, he doesn't believe in it, right? But he's still doing really well for himself. And maybe his personality type is he's just so high-strung and driven and always wanting to be doing something that he's always, he'd rather be, like, hands-on. What's your take on passive income and using other people's money and, and all of that? Um, I believe that you could be pretty dang hands-off, um, depending on your situation. Um, you know, if you had $50 million, you could go out and buy storage units, hire somebody to manage those storage units, and then hire somebody to manage those people managing the storage units, and you're just collecting a paycheck. Like, if, you know, if one of them burns down, then you're getting a phone call, <laughs> or something happens, you know, you're getting a phone call, but, you know, there's there's endless opportunities it's just a matter of how you structure it and how you want to set it up do you think that like having control of things or like um i guess there's there's value in like doing it yourself and probably a reward you know building a brand and taking care of it almost like it's your child and not wanting someone else to deal with it but as i've talked to my lender and other people they said really their breakthrough is once they started hiring other people. Do you see the benefit to both sides or do you think that that holds a lot of people back wanting yeah. to have control over everything? So this is something I've learned recently. Uh, well, more so recently is we all have stuff that we hate to do no matter what industry or you know type of career that we're in. Like the dishes with my <laughs> wife. <laughs> so if you can... Focus on what you enjoy, what you want to do, and hire out what somebody else is willing to do and likes to do what you don't do yeah. or want to do, then that's the best. Like my admin, I hate the paperwork side of real estate, but my transaction coordinator does all of that. 
Like, it's been probably a couple years since I've had to write a contract or an addendum, and it's one of the best things ever. And so being able to just focus on what you enjoy and where your passion is in whatever it is that you're doing and then hire out the parts that you don't like but find somebody that's good at it and you know how to train and put somebody in that position so they're set up for success because if you just bring someone in just to do it doesn't mean it's going to get done you know well so just finding that right person for the right spot it's kind of crazy you talk about that because I've been contemplating that a lot on like I'm one of those people that probably am held back because I want control over things. I am that person. And it's so hard to... We are all that person. I'm like, yeah, yeah. dude, it's been a lesson of hard knocks the last, yeah. like, well, five years. And I think it's that that it makes sense in your mind, and yeah. you just think, why why does this not make sense to other people? And I've the, the way that you explained it, letting someone else do the work that they actually enjoy and are good at, that there's a beauty in the human race, I believe, that we all enjoy different things. And really, we live in a competitive world, but if you can figure out how to work together, it just makes things so much better. And I think you've noticed that with social acts. I've noticed it Yeah, I played social acts. I played jack-of-all-trades for three years, yeah. and the last two that I haven't, the brand has grown like crazy. Now I'm not blowing the doors off like a dirty bird type thing, but... Like the fact that we got a franchise going because I put someone else in charge of running the stores and our social and put someone else in charge of social media. It's all kind of, and those are the things that like I was constantly. I can't get this power up. I have to let them. I have to be the one that does all this. And dude, as soon as I've stepped off of that, and now I've got another brand opening. You know what I mean? So that's. I think that's a huge breakthrough for you. You probably have had those moments too. But like, it's a huge breakthrough. You probably don't think it's a big deal, but. No, it's huge, dude. I remember listening about uh, this guy I follow on social media, mindset guy as well, was like, dude, just like, I remember listening. He's like, he's the kind of guy that yells at you, right? (laughs) And he was just like, because I was having this hard time hiring somebody to do certain jobs. And he was like, it just like popped up on my feet. And it was just like the most random reel. And it was like, once you find the person, they're worth every dollar. Pay them, put them in the position and move on to the next. Mm -hmm. And like, I started living that way and life has changed, right? Right? So... Anyways, well, yeah, I think that's that, huge. I think there's different trainings that hit you too. Like sometimes you do need to be yelled at. Sometimes you need to be talking to softly, like your yeah. child. Like sometimes I have to be stern with my kids, and then other times they're sensitive. And you gotta. It's this. I, I think it's the same thing with business. But I wanted to hit on mindset more because there's Jeremy. Oh, what's his last name? God mode. Um. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. God Mode podcast? Yeah, you do. Oh, uh, he did your William. William. William Lamb. And, William uh, Lamb. Michael Mahoney. Yeah. He has a very interesting mindset, and you've gone through his program, yeah. and he's, he's just like exploded different people. I listen to his podcast, and it's almost like the law of attraction, but I think his podcast name is Perfect God Mode because it's like if you are a god, what could you create? Like literally think of it as almost a magic power. He, he compares it to upgrading like your phone software, but upgrading your mind, just like you plug it in overnight and all of a sudden it's, it's better yeah. the next morning. I, I still haven't gone through his little like 21 day boot camp, mm. but talk about the difference with him because he, he to me is like incredible on the way he buys these sports cars and says it pushes him. Like, he doesn't wait to get what he wants. He goes and gets it and then lets that motivate him. 
I don't know if I could work like that. Hope maybe if I listen to his podcast enough. <laughs> but like, what what have you noticed as far as mindset? Because I feel like he's kind of at the forefront, or, or it's maybe just a different perspective that's striking to me. But explain that because I'm sure you've had the same feelings. Sure. So I'd say, yeah, my wife and I have actually done it together. A lot of uh, um, William's trainings over the last three or four years, and. It's one thing to be able to do the training yourself, but to have your spouse on the same page so you can call each other out yeah. and be be on the same level that way is even better because then one's not, you know, you don't have one up here and the other one down here and th- you this other one feels like they're being left behind or being called out or looking down on. And so just being able to be on the same page that way has been huge. But yeah, recognizing those limiting beliefs, recognizing that... The way we grew up, the environment that we're in, the culture that we're in, you know, the atmosphere that we're surrounded by is typically driven by guilt, fear, all of these negative limiting emotions that hold us back. So if you could get rid of those emotions, if you could look back at traumatic events that have happened in your life and be able to lose those emotions that are attached to those or those limiting beliefs that you have growing up, like sky's the limit so now it's like you wake up every morning like let's freaking go like there's no you know you don't wake up to oh what am I going to do today and I think going back like you talked to you brought up uh, like how do you organize all of this and that like there's definitely um, something to be said for planning because you know if we if we fail to plan then we plan to fail so I think just having like specific goals like like, what's my plan today, but what's my plan for the next week, for the next month? Like, and William, he'll ask you, like, what, what's your 90-year plan? Because sometimes, and I'm guilty, I'm guilty of this. If you set a financial goal or whatever it is in, in life, if you hit that goal, you, it's, you it's like, stop. oh, you fall off. Because, like, everything that you've been focusing on is on this one dot, and then you get there, and you're like, huh, now what the freak do I do? Yeah. And so it's like if you have that 90-year plan or this, like, huge goal of, like, okay, like, then there's, like, almost no limit to what you can do. And you're hitting those goals even faster because you're focusing on the big picture long term yeah. and being able to achieve it faster without I like, those negative emotions and limiting beliefs. Yeah, definitely. I like that you got your wife involved with you on that. That's something that my wife and I should probably be working on a lot more because we have, you know, idea after idea after idea. And, like, I'm pretty good at putting my energy and focus towards my business and getting those goals and setting my financial goals and setting all my personal goals for the business, right? But then it's like, you know, we've had years where we're fortunate, we've made a bunch of money, and we've had years where we weren't as fortunate or whatever, but it's like there's no plan with it. You know what I mean? And so it's missed opportunity on what house we want to live in because we don't have a plan on that, right? So I could see... That's awesome that your wife is involved on that, too. That's something that I probably yeah. ought to get yeah, my wife on board with, too, because then it's just being able to do a 90-year plan, right, whether you live 90 years or not, is good so that you know where, as a family, you're heading, right? Yeah. So I think with medicine nowadays, you might need a 190-year plan. To see. <laughs> yeah, just depending, right? And robotics. But it's like we've been in our house for five years. We wanted to buy one every single year, and we just never pulled the trigger because of just little stupid things, and we're not preparing, and that's like, that was like one of my things that starting this year, you know, New Year's resolution, whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Well, that was like, we need to get on the same page of picking yeah. where and what we want to do so that we can get a plan to it. Because 
I, like I said, I've already committed, so I know I'm spending a bunch of money on the new home, but we, it's just going up, right? Like, yeah. there's no stopping that. So. Yeah, That's Anyways. what blows my mind with Devin, too, because it's, I think a lot of it has to do with your spouse. And luckily, my spouse, you know, was selling our house. We lived in the one house, and I found a house. I'm like, let's do it. And she trusted me enough, but... There's certain things like this is way smaller. Right now she's into gardening and getting the garden ready and she's growing everything from seed and like I'm just not that enthusiastic about it, right? And I'm always thinking about real estate or okay, how are we gonna make some more money to go on our next trip or whatever? And so the the way that you explained it doing it with your spouse, because I even I, I thought, how can I get Jamie more on board with real estate and my thought is get her into title, get her into mortgages, but even coaching is so crucial. Um, I think people that have success don't do coaching and don't continue, but you continue to work on yourself and you've explained to me how much money you've put into coaching yourself and developing yourself as a person. And I don't like LeBron James, but you can look at him and he, he spends, you know, they always say he spends a ton of money on his body and developing yeah. himself. Sometimes I have um, a hard time spending money on myself thinking, you know, I've got kids and a family. So that, I'm kind of just rambling now, but I, want, I wanted you to have an example of William's training because I remember when he did the training at Farmington Station that I went to, the luncheon, he explained himself wanting a yacht. And so he said he flew to California or yeah, I, I can't remember where it was. San Diego or something like that. He went that. to like a yacht club or a, a yacht event where people would go on these yachts, check them out. He said that's the best way to visualize it's like yourself. It's like a boat show but of yachts. Yeah, yeah of yeah. yachts. Yeah. And he, you know, talked to people and say, you know, why are you looking at this one? And he says, some people can visualize it, but he'd rather actually go do it and act like he already has it. I know that you went to a retreat with him and you were posting a bunch of things like sports cars and awesome cars. Did you experience that while you went on that retreat? And can you talk about it? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think like we've heard about like vision boards or dream boards and and the law of attraction and I think it's all there you know it's clearly a thing but there's so much more to it and again a lot of it has to do with our limiting beliefs and and where our our own ceilings are and breaking through those ceilings um and uh yeah with with his you know if you're gonna buy a car it's funny, you, like here locally, if you're going to buy a car, if you're not going to a dealership, you can easily just jump on KSL or one of those websites. Right. And if there's a specific car you're looking for, you put your time and attention into that car, magically you will start to notice all of those cars all over the place. Yeah. Like I've wanted a Tesla for years, and my wife still like asked me, what the heck, why haven't you bought your Tesla yet? But I, like, any time there's a Tesla within, like, sight, like, it catches my attention. Yeah. And so you, you attract what you put your time and effort and energy into. But, you know, for William, he wants a yacht. So what better way to attract or, you know, 
for those yachts aren't aren't cheap. Those can be tens yeah. of millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars for yachts. And so, if one thing that I've taken uh, not recognized until late either is when you go to those types of things, not only are you experiencing the yacht or experiencing the training, but recognize who you who you're, else you're rubbing is also shoulders with people yeah at those locations and at those trainings wanting the same thing as you and so it's easy to underestimate the people that you're surrounding yourself with when you go to those like if you if you go hang out a, at a yacht show for five days could you imagine you might you, you could seriously go see like mark cuban mark cuban has like a 500 million dollar <laughs> yacht in yeah. miami like you might be running into those types of people and those types of situations. So it's easy, sometimes easy to underestimate how you, like it's not your, again, not to get too preachy, it's not your job to figure out a way how to get it. It's just your job to fi- like to focus and get clarity on what it is you want and letting it, like getting into that flow state instead of putting all the walls up and all the barriers like, yeah. I have this plan, it has to be this way. Just letting Let it happen. Just letting yeah. it happen, and just l- letting it come. Because, you know, this podcast might turn into something way more than what you guys would even yeah. think yeah. of. You know, well, I-, I think every time I talk to you, it everything just sounds so easy, and I think that you've mastered that flow state. Because even getting into real estate, it's like, oh yeah, I just you know, we're talking to people, and then I heard somebody was I think passed away and was selling their house and I bought their house and then it just blossoms but the way that you were talking about like surrounding your pe- surrounding yourself with certain types of people I think that's one of the biggest benefits me and Braden have noticed from this podcast it's like yeah. we're talking to business owners and and people like you that are funding things and and taking life by the horns basically and going for it and yeah. It's, it's so easy to get around people that are feel, fearful and really that's you know I think a comfortable place for people because they're scared of what they're capable of but I mean we've met some awesome people we're yeah. we're what like 24 episodes in yeah. and consistency is another key you, you know in all my coaching and like Gary V talks about it like just keep going keep doing it keep going and it's, it might not just happen overnight, and maybe you have something to learn why it's not happening as fast as you want it. And most of the time when I look back at things, that's what I come away with. It's like, okay, it didn't happen how I wanted. It, it was either I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and probably is a good thing that it didn't happen because I would have been in a mess or in trouble financially or yeah. put my family in, in a bad spot. But um, that's yeah. one of the one of the things that William brings up a lot is being aware of there is no failure, only feedback. Yeah. So it, it, I think it's we see it as failure because it didn't work out how we wanted it to or how we thought it should go. But it's only it's just feedback. Like yeah. if you keep going, like Jordan said, if you keep going, you have to you have to succeed at some point. It's just a matter of not giving up and just just going until yeah. you get what you want. Yeah. yeah. No, and the lessons you learn from that, like, like I failed. So we've we're two locations wide. We were three right before pandemic, and COVID ate my third location up. But it wasn't doing so hot in the first place. Mm-hmm. It was down in Utah County, right? And 
Uh, dude, I learned so much on that store. Like, <laughs> so much. To where, like I said, my, my new franchise location down in Gilbert, like, we were very heavily involved in that opening. And just, like, the stuff that I, the knowledge that I had on top of my head, I was like, you got to go here. It's got to be in this. It's got to have this much foot traffic. Like, all the stuff that I learned, because I went and put a crappy on down in, in Orem in the middle of nowhere. And I was yeah. like, dude, we got to be where the people are, and we need to have, we need to know the age ranges, the traffic that's going by the store. Is there other restaurants? What else is going around? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just from that one failure, and then now my Gilbert location is, like, blowing Slaying the doors it. off the place, man. It's that's crazy awesome. to me, right? It's doing better than both my Utah stores. So hmm. just that one failure I felt like I turned, learned a, a ton on with that. So, yeah. so Devin, when, on all this conversation that we've been talking with right here, so do you – do you have a coach or do you invest do. in a coach? Do you? Yeah. So you have like a full, like a, I don't know, I want to say so full time. I, like. I, I've done Williams trainings for a handful of years and then I've got another personal coach that yeah. I, I work with. And so do you meet them like, what's that look like? Is that like weekly? Is that monthly? Or is it um, just when you need to phone call them? Or? So I've got one that I, week, I meet with probably twice a month. It, whether it's Zoom or in person, he's a local guy. And then uh, William has actually moved down to Scottsdale. So you can work with him one-on-one, or he does trainings where you can come as a group for three to five days at a time and just be able to Maybe you should so camp. You're a local guy. What does that look like for you? Is that strictly your business stuff, or is, that, is he a coach on your whole life? Is he a coach when it comes to, like your family side of things or is it just for investing in business like is it a um, life coach yeah. i guess yeah or? i would say one of them is more of like personal relationships business like he's he's been in the corporate world for a long time and has done the coaching thing for about five years and so he's just got a lot of experience in all aspects and so um it it's it's actually called the habit finder and so it's actually telling you more about yourself and your habits and maybe where some of your weaknesses or limitations are and helping you overcome those and that while also strengthening your skills that you already have so how long have you been a part of these both these coaching organizations um yeah with william i met william about three or four years ago and then um, Lane, I've been working with one-on-one for probably about a year. You feel like it's been working great for you? Like, has yes. it been yeah. last I five years of your life? So. Been, I was going to say, yeah, like you're still working yeah. with them, so yep. that's yep. awesome. We, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I just really started, same thing, doing coaching classes and stuff, and okay. like, just this year, and just the transition of my mind has been insane. Yeah. Like, I haven't, I got a lot, I've got, like, great successes that I can brag about, but just, like, me... In my head, I feel like it's the biggest one. It's yeah. like it's very easy for me to procrastinate things sometimes, and like that's all kind of changed quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. When we all have crap to deal with, and so just being able to bounce that off of somebody, other, you know, if you're if you're married, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, um, you're always going to usually let them know how you're feeling or what's going on. But being able to do that to someone else outside of a, uh, a spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend. Um, is huge because yeah. they've got they've got a totally different perspective. They've you know he's they're all open minded. They're all like big big thinkers, and so it helps helps you look at it differently and deal with it yeah. in a better way. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's huge. So, well, nice. we we just hit 
our record for longest podcast. <laughs> what do we have? An hour, hour, ten, I'm just getting a started. Ten. <laughs> I know, I just, well, no, I keep, he cuts us short all the time. Well, and I'm like, dude, let's our, roll our with last this. one was a minute seven. I'm just thinking, okay, we'll, you know, if we I can, always tell Jordan, I'm like, let's just start Rogan in it, dude. Let's get, <laughs> yeah. let's get some food ordered. Well, let's I was going to say, we're going to come like Bring Joe Rogan. Wings, fellas. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, let's do it. Joe Rogan's for no, like I, an hour. I actually, because of coaching, I've, I've had so many people reach out to me over the years. And there is, like, there's so much joy and passion behind what I do and, and how I've been able to help people. It's like, man. Like, so Jesse and I are actually, not to, like, let the cat out of the bag yet, but we're actually looking at starting our own podcast and starting our own coaching as well because, you know, I have people take me out to lunch and, you know, they buy, my, they buy me lunch, which is, you know, that's great. I appreciate it. But I feel I leave that appointment, like, able to lift them up. But, it, like, dude, Helps I feel you. like a million bucks when yeah. I get yeah. done, like, helping someone and motivating someone and, like, like just wanting them to, them to succeed because I know how it was eight years ago when I got into real estate like what the heck am I doing what do I do like how yeah. do I do this and so I have always appreciated the people that were willing to give me that that helping hand and so being able to be that person for someone else is, is yeah, awesome it's almost like that mindset of like what I would tell myself five years ago yeah like if I could go slap myself five years ago and be like do like you're great you're doing great right now but you could have done a couple of different things and so being able to feed that information to someone else that's just starting, like you were eight years ago in real estate, if they yeah. could have called called you, paid you for an hour, or just paid you a monthly thing, sure. and you were able to outline some ideas on what was successful for you, obviously they're going to do their own thing, but what worked for you, I have always, like, that's always, that might be just me, but I feel like you as well, Jordan, that's always been a thing, like, you see someone that's doing really well, and you're like, dude, for 20 yeah. minutes of that guy's time, I just need to pick some brains yeah. on yeah. how to make a couple quick changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what we're doing, so, bro. I know. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're trying to do with our podcast. Like I'm always trying to ask, well, and not sometimes just, I want to get in even deeper questions like financial stuff. You know what I mean? I'd I, love to pick someone's like have someone say real numbers and stuff, which we did a little bit today, but I always feel like awkward. Cause I'm like, what if they're not doing that well as this business? But I, I don't know. Well, I, don't know where I, I'm going I think with that's that, the but. beauty of podcasting too. And like video and why it's so big because you can, like, this is benefiting us, but then it's recorded, and who knows, like, one or two years down the road, it might strike somebody, right? Yeah. And so, that's, to me, I've listened to podcasts that were years old and just got something from it, and we live in an, an awesome time with this technology, but well, I, like, think, I think me and you always feel like Devin, too, like, you go and have lunch, and then you come out feeling better, yep. and so the whole idea behind podcasting is the same thing. Like someone else can listen into this conversation. They don't have to personally know Devin or me or you to be able to pull from this, this information. And it's everywhere. Like if you can find it, if you just look and slow down to me sometimes, I think we should ask, because that's always one thing with the podcast is I always like to hear, and it can be a quick answer or a quick story. Like, what were you doing before all of this? Because that's what I feel like is the coolest message to relay. Like, me, I was a beer guy, and now Mm -hmm. I own a business, and I have have two businesses, right? Okay. And, you know, Jordan's done a million jobs, but now he's a real estate (laughs) guy, right? So it's like, I think it's fun to hear that and know, I think it just helps people relate going, I can do this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It might might take some work, but I can jump into these worlds, right? Um, I guess to give you a little bit of background, um, hopefully it's not more than you wanted, but I, I grew up hating school. I always loved people, but I hated sitting in a classroom. I've always loved to learn, but just 
It's I too remember slow. hating Same. I remember hating school. Someone Same. someone explained it where our brains are meant to learn fast. Like and so the the idea of the education system kind of holds us back as humans because like you just want to learn fast and that's the once next, you pick it that's up the next it's the episode. next thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, sorry I cut you off. No, you're good. So I uh Graduated high school, uh, served a church mission in Costa Rica, came back, and all that I knew at that point was I wanted to be a business owner. I had no idea what that looked like. I had no idea how I was going to get Sounds my foot like in the us, door. Huh? Yeah, same story. But I, I, uh, I actually worked for the LDS Church for about 12 years before and after my mission, and they've got a welfare program. And uh, so I worked there because... I thought, okay, society tells me I needed, you know, I needed the benefits, I need the pay, I need to go get an education. So I fell into that trap that I needed what society told me I needed. And so I, I, how I actually met uh, Jordan was through a network marketing company. Yeah, and I probably tried, oh, so many. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was so excited about that. Yeah, we, I was I I was like nineteen. How do you remember how old you were? Um, I had just had I think like we had just right had our high first school. kid, or we were expecting like our a first kid. summer job. No, this was multi level marketing. Okay, because you came to me for the summer job, and that was like around twenty. You were probably twenty two. No, anyways. that this was before the gotcha. or, Sorry. Yeah, so anyways. I always knew I wanted to be that business owner, and so like any opportunity that seemed cool, like I would I would jump in, and. Uh, but I, I frequently lacked the confidence or, you know, the, the long-term commitment and uh, until about eight years ago, like, um, I got introduced to the, the real estate opportunity where I, I paid him a good chunk of money, but I had just finished, I was 30 years old and I had just finished my associate's degree. Like that's how much I love school. Yeah. <laughs> I got my associate's degree at 30. Thankfully. Me too. <laughs> thankfully to my wife, she helped me get it. And we both agreed at that point I was done going the traditional education route. And so we thought, okay, we're going to invest this chunk of money into real estate classes, and we're going to make this work. So I just, you know, I was committed. I didn't have the money, so I literally put $20,000 on a 0% credit card. It's like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I'm not going to give myself any other options. So I'm just, I'm freaking going all in. Sounds like Craig Cotter. <laughs> Craig Cotter is the well, guy. That's like the Will guy. You said buying the car. He bought the car and then yeah. made it work. That's, yeah. That's what Devin did. He just bought it and... I don't know. Didn't know I was going to do it, but made yeah. it work, right? And we paid it off before we ever had to pay any interest. So nice. Um, I think sometimes you just freaking make a decision and you commit to that decision. And again, you don't know how it's going to work out, but you just stay to your guns and and stick with it, and it works out. Um, but yeah, we we slowly took classes, and I was working full time, and we had kids. We had we just had our third kid, so my wife was home. And uh, we were living paycheck to paycheck, but we had that basement apartment at the time yeah. that was ma- basically helping cover our mortgage. And we found our first rental, and, and we leveraged the HELOC, a home equity line of credit, the equity in our home to get a down payment on a, a rental property. And then we used that HELOC to, for our first fix and flip and got to the point where like three or four years in, our third year in, we had made twice as much in real estate part-time as I was making at my full-time job. 
And so my wife's like, yeah, it's, it's time to quit. Time like, to quit. I was the one always talking about quitting, and then she was the one that came to me and like, yeah, okay, it's time for you to quit. And like, I was the one almost hesitant because yeah. we have those some self-limiting beliefs. We've got those right. emotions that are attached to that security blanket and everything that we think is going to save us. But um, anyway, yeah, we walked away from our W-2s like four years ago, and it's been... That's awesome. It's been a roller coaster, but it's been freaking That's fun. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's one of those you probably won't ever go back, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like even the down years. Yeah, you're there's like, even this some is days you're like, yeah. oh man, is it worth it? And <laughs> yeah. you're like, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, like I'll get those. There'll be weeks where I'll vet fifty freaking phone calls that week of just nonsense, and it's like, man. Should I go back to selling beer? That was easy, yeah. right? But now yeah. it's, you can't. But then you remember, yeah. oh, wait, before yeah. I had to work like four months yeah. to be able to have like two days off of vacation. Exactly. Like, I don't want to go back to and that. And you had to set the schedules around them instead of setting your own. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, my business still pulls me into like when there's no choice, but there's always moments it's where different. that happens. It's, it's just it's a different, different feeling, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm very so. thankful for it. That's one yeah, thing. Like, too. I'm so grateful for it. And yeah, sometimes I just have to remind myself, like, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, but again, at the end of the day, I'm the one in control. Yeah. And it's one of those things, dude, I love it. Like, yeah. it could be as something as fun as actually your golf, right? Or not, and I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but not as fun as trucking. But, like, dude, <laughs> yeah. I could see. I don't want to be a trucker. You I just want to have right? the rights <laughs> yeah. to play. Yeah, but I could, I can, I've done that with, like I said, with not so, you know, flashy businesses to ones that aren't. But I can just look at those and be like, okay, I see where the money's at. I yep. see where the opportunity's at. And I can throw my creativity at that, and I love that, dude. That's, yeah. like, my favorite. Yep. That's, like, my favorite thing about any of it is when you can throw some creativity and make it work and see it be successful, that's a good time. Yeah. And that's, yeah. like, my, that's where, like, the mindset difference is a little bit with my wife because I just, like, there's been a couple of times where I'm, like, she'll be like, why are you working so much? Why are you always there? Why are you always at the store? And I just want to be like, I love it. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. unfortunately, like, I love it. I got to get it done. It's, it's going to be, it's our future. Like, I want to make sure it works. As much as possible, you know? Yep. I so. feel like that's me with YouTube right now because I've always been into video. Yeah. And now I feel like I've kind of figured out how to put real estate and video together. And, I, dude, I worked on a video. Yeah. I think it drove my wife nuts. But, you, yeah. You, yeah, when you love it, you just get, like, sucked into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't even realize yep. time disappears. Yeah. And you don't mean to. Like, I don't mean, no. like, I, don't, I tell my right. wife, it's like, not that I love it more than my wife. It's just, like, I enjoy my job. Like, yeah, it's our business and I enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So anyways, well, I think we could probably talk for a whole nother hour. It sounds like we're going Uh, down a rabbit hole. What what I really, I really want to meet Jesse because he seems like an awesome guy. And if you partnered with him, he probably is an awesome guy. He better be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll we'll, uh, get it rescheduled and do you for a third time. But um, yeah, these are, these are always just fun. Like. I know how busy you are. I know how busy all of us are. And yeah, to be sorry able to I was late again. cut out, you know, like an hour, hour and a half. I think that's why I always cut us off because I want to try and, like, be respectful of other people's time. But it, it's – there's something about – we were doing these on Zoom, and there's something about meeting in person that Braden talks about it. People just crave human a- interaction. I yeah. think that's why his business has done so well because we crave being together and, like – collaborating and talking and it does something for your spirit you feel better yeah. after you've collaborated well, it's like that group right now that's back there yeah, sharing you like they work together and i'm sure Look, they get along his hands up. <laughs> yeah i'm sure they get along and i'm sure they some of them might hang outside of work but dude you come into one of those private parties and it's like it's just cheering and hollering like that yeah, like, yeah. that's 
that's a different type of drug right there. You yeah, know? I so. took a, a survey the other day and it asked what your driving force was, and it was literally only ten questions. And my response was my driving force was connection, and I think a lot of us are that way. You know, you can only get so much done over Zoom or like there's yeah. there's synergy, there's vibes literally here with us as a group, but it's it's harder to do that when it's not in person. Yeah, so and I think everybody's so sick of Zoom, but <laughs> yeah. I, I I just I wanted to say we appreciate you because for someone like you that has all this experience, it means a lot to us, and and I think that that's why you have so much success is because I've never felt that you're too busy for me to ask you, like, especially in the beginning of my real estate career, stupid questions, <laughs> looking back, stupid questions. But there's, you know, when, when you don't know, you just got to ask those questions yeah. to learn. And um, I'm sure you're like that with clients and business p- people and in, in relationships in general. So I just want to say thanks because uh, I've, yeah. I've gathered a lot and I'm, yeah. I'm sure Braden has and whoever listens to this podcast. So we, yeah, we appreciate your time. Again. I appreciate you yeah. having me. Heck yeah. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe because uh, that, that's how Need we grow followers, this. followers, man. Yeah, <laughs> likes, comments, you know, Help anything. Help us share it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. See ya.